Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. A caller, Rocco, got in touch with us here on the programme. Rocco was with us on the line because you want to talk about cannabis use, Rocco. Yes, I do. Um, I like to talk about getting cannabis use legalised for personal use because um, I like to tell a bit of every story, so that's, that's okay with you. Yeah, do tell us about, about yeah. your story. The reason why we started smoking cannabis because two years ago I, I was an alcoholic. I had a severe alcohol addiction. Um, cannabis helped with my um, alcohol addiction, with my withdrawal symptoms. Two years ago, one night I went to a pub and I had a couple of points. And I don't remember driving home that night. And that's why I decided to get help. Because I knew at that stage, my alcohol got out of hand and was getting dangerous. So I went to a GP that week and he prescribed me with medicines. He also gave me a list of numbers to get in contact with these alcohol groups. I tried all that. I went on, I went, I took the medicines. I tried to get in contact with these um, alcoholic groups, like people that help, help you get mm. the alcohol. And I just, it wasn't working for me, you know, and the medicine that they gave me wasn't working either. It didn't help. So what I did was, I tried to do cold turkey. And that was the worst thing I ever did because that day when I was trying to, I wasn't taking the medicines, I was just trying to get off the drink myself. And I was shaking, or I was sweating, or I was aching for a drink. I was on the verge for a relapse. My friend called over to the house that day, and he saw how distraught I was. I was really low, and I was really feeling bad in myself. So he took out a joint of cannabis, it's just straight cannabis with no tobacco in it. And he told me, smoke a bit of that before bed. I see how that helps. And I did. I smoked it straight away. And I felt great. I got this relaxed. Mm. And a relaxing feeling over me. I got I felt real mellow. Me, me sweating stopped. Me anxiety kind of stopped. I fell asleep that night. And I slept like a baby that night. And I woke up the next day. All my symptoms were gone. And um, it's because of cannabis, like, it kind of gives you that, that feeling, gives you that, if you, if you don't smoke too much, you just smoke a, a good amount with that for your own use. It kind of gives you that feeling, makes you really relaxed, it takes away the, the symptoms. And I, I just felt really great. And in the end, like, I, I start smoking cannabis, I don't want to start smoking cannabis. I smoke one joint every day. And I always smoke in the evening, sometimes in the afternoon, if I'm on my own. And I don't drink anymore. I don't smoke tobacco anymore. You know, I stopped smoking cigarettes. I just smoke joints, just straight cannabis. And now I grow. I grow my own cannabis, I do. Because nice. I had a lot of, had a lot of bad run-ins with dealers over the years. Um, i tell you a story. One day I got a bag of weed off a drug dealer on the street. And he ripped me off. The weed he gave me was a fairly... wasn't cannabis, it was something mixed in with it and I got this bad nasty taste and I got this bad buzz from it I went after the dealer and I confronted him about it and I want my 50 euros back on him he laughed in my face and we got into an argument and then he took up a knife so from there onwards I walked away 
had a set to myself, I'm going to start growing my own cannabis. And I looked into it, went online, did a lot of research into growing it. And I got all my equipment in. And I went, yeah, it cost me 300 euros for all my equipment to grow my own weed. And ever since I started doing it, I save a lot of money, I'm not dealing with dealers anymore. I don't sell my weed, by the way. I'm not, I'm not a drug dealer myself. I don't sell. I only grow from my own personal mm. use. And I only grow two plants at a time. And yeah, that's. And I, I, like, I know what I'm doing is breaking the law. But to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm breaking the law because I'm not supporting drug gangs or anything like that. I'm not buying off them anymore. I'm just getting my own seeds, getting my own soil, my own nutrition. And I'm, I, just, I just grow myself. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm like, I would like to have a license. I'd like to see a, this country just try to legalise it, give people, cannabis smokers like myself, a license to grow. Okay. So there's 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 a lot I suppose Rocco to to, to talk about there, you know, and a, yeah. a lot to to um to unravel. But your your primary your reason for well, I suppose you you kind of stumbled upon it in the sense that you were conscious of your um I suppose you know addiction to to alcohol and yeah. dealing with medical experts and and different um you know. Uh, Medical forms that that didn't work for you. You've tried no. cannabis, and and you're and you're you're you say that it it um, do you know that 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 helped? I suppose you in terms of yeah, to stop drinking. It helps, yeah, it helps me. Okay. Like, like I'm not addicted to cannabis now. Don't don't get me wrong now. When like I don't I don't sit there and get stoned every day. You know, I only have a few pulls away in the evening. Yeah, I just kind of get that little mellow feeling from it, um, because it's, there's a stick of it. With cannabis smokers, people think cannabis smokers are people that sit on a couch and look at cartoons all day. That's not true. I know people that smoke and mm. they don't do that. Like you know. So your your contention is that you think it should be you think that we, we should legalize cannabis effectively. This is the conversation: legalize cannabis yeah. for personal use. For personal use, yeah. Look, I'm not saying don't advertise in shops or anything like that. Don't allow the coffee shops to open up like you see in Amsterdam. Don't allow any of that happening because what you're doing there, you're going to open another door for criminals. You know? Okay. Like we all know that there's criminal organised gangs in America that have their own cannabis farms in America. You know, it's illegal. They're allowed to have it and they're run by organised gangs. I'm just saying that you should bring in a licence where people can get, go and get a licence to grow their own plants. To and a I'm certain... Not saying grow just... like 100 plants, grow, grow like... Hmm. Well, I was going to ask you that. I mean, how how would you regulate how much somebody is growing at home? Well, look, I grow two plants at a time. Um, it's every couple of months I grow, I grow them. And I get about probably 80 grams, 80, 80 grams to 60 grams of one plant. That's nearly two ounces, you know. And now it's on the street to get off a deal that would cost you 270 euros. That's the going rate on the streets. Um, so yeah, two plants at a time will do one person for a long time, and that cannabis they get off that they, that can last for a very long time, you know. Do you have any concerns, you know, about getting a knock on the door from the guards? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in, it's in the back. Of, sorry, Dave. Oh, no, Dave sorry, uh, yeah, it's in it's in the back of my head all the time. Well, I'm not I'm not afraid, you know. I'm not, I'm not I'm not a drug dealer. I know that for a fact. I'm not a drug dealer, but. Um, it's only two plants that I'm growing. 
No, I'm just not afraid. I'm not afraid okay. of guards. No, I'm just not scared. Okay. I'm, I'm not breaking the law. But yeah. Even the guards did come to me door and took away my equipment. And if they did arrest me, which they probably would, I'll still grow again. Like, I'm not going to stop smoking it. You know, I like smoking cannabis now. And, how long, you know, are, you, how long are you doing this, Michael? Well, see, my first time I ever smoked cannabis was when I was 16. I was kind of on and off when I was a teenager, just experimenting with drugs, you know, a teenager still. Well, I stopped smoking it when I was in my 20s. I didn't really bother doing it. I was more into me drinking at that, at that stage. I only started smoking it just literally two years ago. I went back on it. Okay. Um, I hope. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I look. I you, you got in touch, and I, I was interested in in having the conversation um today. And I suppose look, we've we've discussed you know whether or not Ireland should legalize cannabis on many occasions. But I suppose the the angle today we're asking people are for your views on whether or not it should be legalized. Well, specifically for personal use. Um, let me bring in Marie as well, Rocco, if you don't mind. M- Marie Byrne is a prevention and addiction counsellor and Marie specialises in this area. Marie, you're you're listening to Rocco there, like his, you yeah. know, the, the rationale for doing this yeah. uh, was because, you know, anything else to try and stop drinking wasn't working. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, it sounded to me that the biggest problem in the beginning was the services and his accessing services and services that would take him off everything. Um, and, you know, when people say that something doesn't work, sometimes it depends on how you've been involved with the program and how you've gone through it and what the support was afterwards. And we've always had a lack of services. I mean, we would never advise anyone to detox off alcohol on their own because it's one of the most dangerous drugs to actually detox off because of the side effects can be really serious physically. So, you know, you need to have a detox unit for somebody coming off alcohol who's using it a long time. But the the problem we have here is it's 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 very common for, for me to hear that, that somebody wants to use a different drug instead of the one they had, even though and you'll hear the words and this is no insult to by the way, it's just very common to hear the words only you know, only use for personal use, only use at certain times because it sort of minimizes it in some way. When you say that I'm only only using it then, and that's really common to hear. Um, but the difficulty you have is that if you're dealing with what I assume maybe I haven't spoken to him was a first addiction with alcohol and he had already started very young with cannabis, which is one of the first drugs people start getting addicted to before they move on into other drugs. And then it's a drug of choice after that, which one they're addicted. But the problem you have is the changes in the brain when you use something addictive. And so it's not just about I'm not using one thing now, I'm using the other, because you still have changes in the brain with any drug that you use that's mood altering. Um, and that's the kind of physical sense of it. And, the, you know, your mental health issues are affected with um, especially with cannabis use, has serious mental health problems these days because of the toxicity and the strength of it, the THC in it. Um, but the other issue is that it's, you know, it's been done before and it's in, like Sweden, for instance, did all these things before where people could have small amounts and they had such a growth in addiction across the country because people started off with all the drugs that they were allowed to use. And then it multiplied and it was the parents who actually asked for it to become restrictive. Um, and we've looked at situations in the U.S. where people are, are growing it, but it becomes even 
twice as hard to police where the okay. illegal growers are because now everybody's doing it and they're all saying it's for personal use. Even the illegal ones, it's always personal use. But I have yet to see that really stay that okay. A lot of people actually get, getting in touch about this. Rocco, can I can I just get you just to, to clarify your point around um, you you want a license that people would be able to grow cannabis for personal use and and yes. just grow a certain um, you know that there would be a restriction on the amount of it. Is that did I take you up right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like two plants at a time. You know, like that's what that's what we grow every couple of months. We grow two plants at a time. I just want to say something about the mental, how cannabis affects people's mental health. I know people that smoke it who used to suffer from depression. I used to be on depression tablets and all them types of things. And people start taking cannabis. And cannabis actually helps with depression as well. Not, cannabis is not made for everybody, you know. Some people can overuse cannabis. Some people don't. I don't overuse cannabis. And I always smoke it when I want to have a joint. I have it. And I don't overuse it. And I think... I used to have a lot of anger problems years ago. And ever since I started smoking cannabis, I'm, I'm not angry anymore, is, you know. I'm really mellow. In, 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 in your experience, Marie, mm. is that is that frequently the case? If people are suffering from depression in the beginning, depression is a very general word. It's usually a depression of the feelings that there are other things going on in their life. And usually you would find behind addiction that people have other issues. I'm not saying that he does, but other people generally have. It could be childhood problems or it could be relationships. It could be anything. And then on top of that, you put something that's addictive and cannabis is and THC is addictive. And I could never, ever say it to somebody to take it as a treatment for anything because it's addictive. And I have known so many people who have been so ill from using it that I could never okay. The other problem is that, you know, because one person or X amount of people who are using it in a country and, and many are addicted to it at the moment here are asking for it. You kind of then are ignoring all the ones who don't want to have it and who don't. Okay. Like, for instance, if yeah, a mother is using it and she's pregnant sorry. and she can't use that for depression because it has an effect on the fetus. You can't drive, you can't operate machinery. I don't know if you do any okay. of those things. No, I, I, I know you're not talking necessarily in, in relation to, to Rocco, but I, I know you're speaking in general terms. I want to bring in, I have another caller, Brent. Do you know what? I'm going to take a short break because there's a, a lot of people actually getting in touch about this. Um, we're talking about whether or not we should legalise cannabis for personal uh, use. 1800 453 106 is the number if you want to get in touch. Yeah, we're talking about um, calls from a listener today to legalise cannabis, a licence to grow a specific amount purely for personal use. And um, Rocco, who made the call, is still with us on the programme, as is addiction counsellor uh, Marie Byrne. But Brendan is also on the line because, Brendan, you were listening to this. Do you think it should be brought in? Yeah, yeah. Hi, Andrea. How are you? Good. Uh, I do. I do. Um it definitely needs to be looked at because my father suffers with Parkinson's disease. And, uh, you know, for the likes of him who suffers daily, and my mother suffers daily with us, medicinal marijuana is, is a help, 100% help. He's on a, a lot of tablets a day. His first tablets are at 8 a.m., then 12 p.m., then 4 p.m., then 8 p.m., then 11.30 and, uh, he, he, you know, he, he goes through all the, whatever, Parkinson's stuff, with all the details people know, so I don't need to go into it. But um, if he doesn't have his tablets, he's, you know, he, he's going to suffer. 
But with the likes of oils and stuff, that's a major benefit. He's lost 10 pounds since Christmas, but just by shaking. Do you know what I mean? The shakes that come with it. And if, if, he, if my father had access to, to medicinal oil, say, he would have no problem um, in daily life. It's, it's proven to be a, a huge benefit. And um, it's, it can't be got. I mean, you have to go deep underground to look for it and pay extortionate prices and see how you go. And I, I just think in this day and age that something needs to be done. A few months, maybe a month or two back, you had a fella on with Parkinson. And this is what got me thinking about it. And he was saying how, the, you know, there was a shortage of whatever he was taking for his Parkinson's mm, disease. That's right. That the, that the farmers were, you know, they were holding back. They weren't supplying to Ireland. And that, you know, fortunately for him, and thankfully he had a, a backup. But when, when the farmer goes, oh no, there's a bigger client in America, we're sending to America or, or wherever else, whatever country. So poor old Ireland has to do without. So it doesn't matter where you are. Once you've Parkinson's, all, all the symptoms are the same. So it just made me think, so if dad was to go short of his medicine, like what would happen? We've seen him go short where he has been put in hospital for, you know, goes off the respite and he doesn't get his tablets. We see it's detrimental when he doesn't have his tablets. Okay. So you think but from the med- was, medicinal... From medicinal, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I really do. I mean, okay. the big farmers have the big squeeze and little old me or little old you, or who, we don't have a say because money talks. But this is, this is naturally grown and okay. 150 years ago, everyone used it. You know what I mean? So why not? Why can't it be trying? And as Rocco said, with a license to grow, and I just went just before you go back there, what he was saying, he's so right, but everyone's overlooking this, that when you go to a street dealer, you don't know what you're buying. So Rocco's taking it for an addiction to help him. So you go to, to dealer A and he gives you rocket fuel, right? Drives you mental. You go to dealer B, he gives you something that actually is cool and helps and that's your addiction settled. But you don't know what you're getting. Whereas you had license, you pick a very, very mm. light THC. Yeah. No, no, so I take, no, I take, I, I, I take, I take, take your point. Yeah, certainly around, um, around that. And Rocco gave an example, you know, of, um, even dealing, I suppose, with, uh, you know, meat, meeting dealers. And he, he talked about that as well. Let me bring in, if you don't mind, Brendan, I've Gareth McGovern. Gareth, Gareth's a, a GP specialising in addiction medicine. Gareth's on the line as well. Gareth, um, is it an unusual proposal or like, will people, is there a, the difference, I suppose, between using cannabis for medicinal purposes and then solely for personal use, you know, and having a license? What's your view on that? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the evidence base is in relation to using alcohol for, um, uh, for, uh, you know, alcohol dependence and withdrawing. You've got to be very, very, I think one of your callers said earlier that coming off alcohol is, is it's tricky. I do a lot of this work or I'm, I'm detoxing people and you've got to be very, very careful because it does come with a mortality. You know, people can die from alcohol detox. You've got to be careful. So I'd just be a bit careful from that point of view. But I think the principle behind both decriminalization and regulating cannabis, this is not unusual now. We can see it in the States, obviously, and um, there are countries in Europe where uh, cannabis is uh, regulated. Interestingly enough, in Portugal, which we talk about mm. the Portuguese model, cannabis hasn't been regulated yet. But um, if you look at the Joint Justice Committee and Andrea, they did a, a report. I mean, I put a submission in. Um, it was published last December. They actually do have one of the recommendations as the possibility of exploring 
in the absence of a regulated market where it would be sold in a, in, a, in a retail store of people being able to uh, grow a certain amount of cannabis for their own personal use. So, you know, the Oireachtas Committee published this report. They didn't say it would happen. It was just a recommendation that was put forward to explore it. So I don't think this is the hot potato that it was once upon a time. And we can all debate whether or not drugs should be legalised or not. But, I mean, I think my own feeling is, I think we're moving in a direction where cannabis really... I, you know, it's probably going to be regulated at some point. Whether it'll happen in this country anytime soon, I don't know. And your last caller there um, made, a, made a very good point. I mean, you know, it's the difference between going to an illicit market, which is a dangerous place, mm. you know, and a lot of people have gone to the illicit market to get cannabis for medical purposes, and they're not used to the illicit market. They don't really know what way what, what way it works. They're also breaking the law, and that, that brings its own problems. Yeah, so I think we, yeah. we are at a situation, we're going to have the experiment I've been able to regulate any drug. I think cannabis is probably the ideal drug to be able to do. But I don't think we just should, should just open the floodgates. It needs to be regulated properly. People say, well, look what's happened in America. There are mixed reports about what's, what's happened in America. And, you know, Yeah, but if, you, if you're going to do proper regulation, you have to research what you're doing. And you also, you know, have to have it over a specified period of time and be able to compare it what went before. So I don't think it's just a matter of opening the floodgates. You've got to, you've got to research and evaluate what you're doing. Rocco's point earlier, you know, he, he talked about trying to, um, you know, issues with alcohol, um, trying to remove that from his life. And, and he says in his experience that cannabis, you know, cannabis helped him to do that. Marie Byrne, the addiction counsellor, pointed out, Gareth, that like I suppose replacing one with the other isn't, I suppose, the, the ideal the ideal way. But would you agree with that? Like it's... It's, it's probably you know, I, I, I think alcohol is an incredibly damaging drug. I mean, we, we, we have research to show, I mean, people wonder what's the most damaging drug. But I think in terms of, um, you know, molecule for molecule, I don't think there's any doubt that alcohol is a far more damaging drug than cannabis. I mean, cannabis doesn't tend to come with an overdose mortality. There are other effects. I think Marie mentioned about, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, effects on mental health and stuff like that. But again, the vast majority of people who use cannabis don't have problems with mental health. So we have to remember that as well. But I have to say, in his particular case, what's worked for him is that he's got away from this dependence onto using cannabis. And I have to say, if it's toss up between the two, I think he's taken the right route. It's not perfect, of course, it's not. But you know, it's worked for him. And you know, I don't know his state of health. I, I'm, he's not my patient, so I, I'm not doing... I know, I know, you can't, yeah, no, I know. And, I know. and all that sort of stuff, but I'm pretty sure that if he's away from alcohol, that's, that's, a, that's a real big result. And if he's not getting any negative okay. effects from cannabis, well then so, I can't argue with it. So, so, Marie, you're listening still and you're with us on the programme, then like, it, with, yeah. with the benefit of, I suppose, regulation, is it something that yeah, should I've be explored? I've worked literally all over the world. I've worked in countries I link in with the family groups in America who are dealing with the fallout from the legalisation and decriminalisation and there are very big side effects from using cannabis. Um, and I certainly have dealt with plenty of people. I know of deaths from cannabis, which you never hear about, um, apart from accidents and that there are physical effects, mental effects. I, I really wouldn't put it down as a lesser. I don't put any of them down as a lesser. All of them are addictive. All of them have side effects. I think the issue for the gentleman there is is extraordinarily hard when you have a family member ill. And the problem, as he said, was pharmaceuticals withholding and that. And that's a whole separate issue that should be dealt with by the government here and pharmaceuticals. But 
you know, cannabis itself lowers the immune system. So I, you can't say go out and smoke it and it'll do everything for you. It doesn't. Um, I think also I, countries I've looked at, I've worked with the Dutch, um, they're now reducing the amount um, that has been made available and they're also absolutely sick of um, criminal tourism in relation to drugs. And Portugal, the the um, the mayor who actually fought for it to be decriminalised is now fighting for it to be repealed okay. because it hasn't been a success. This, but nobody sees that. Okay. They don't there's tell a lot. Story. There's, 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 there's a lot. There is, is there absolutely money. is. Yeah, and I, I think for a lot of people, I mean, from the reaction certainly on, on WhatsApp today to this, and it will come to that maybe a little bit later, uh, I think a lot of people not really sure where they sit in this debate. But look, if you have thoughts on it, send them in to us on WhatsApp. It's 087-1400-106 is the number. Look, I'll have to leave it there uh, for the minute. Dr. Gareth McGovern, also um, Marie Byrne, uh, Brendan too, thanks for getting in touch, and uh, Rocco, who initially kicked off the conversation today. Look, it's lunchtime live at newstalk.com. That's the email address if you want to get in contact with us on the programme. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.